You know, I was good to go back in the Marines this one time. I was working on some uh, I John Burkhart, uh, well, Burchart. That, that, that's uh, how you some got your nickname, <laughs> right? John, I'm good to go, Burkhart. I'm actually preferring people to call me Burchart right now. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yikes! <laughs> woo wee woo woo. <laughs> so, anyways, when you were in the Marines, yeah, I John Burchart. In the Marines, uh, I mowed down fitty men. It's true. <laughs> Pocket sand! <laughs> Pocket sand! <laughs> it's waterproof. It's okay. I spilled beer on my phone. I don't usually drink beer. I usually drink wine. Oh, well, I hope you have some wine today because I have a treat for you. Well, I'm uh, actually switching it up. I'm going to try some beer since I have my taste back. I'm gonna, we'll get to that in a little bit. I'm going to change it up, too. <gasps> I totally that... forgot my password to sign into Google Docs, BT Dubs. So uh, Outline's going to be on the phone for show show. As long as you have it. <laughs> last time that uh, he was up here, Evan gave me a lecture last time about passwords and how the first time that he came up, he lectured me about how, why don't you have different passwords for everything? And then whenever he came up the next time and I had different passwords for everything, he said, why do you have different passwords for everything? Don't you know there's an algorithm where if you have three words that are long enough, it doesn't have any problems? Wait, people aren't just using animal or pet names? This is news to me. Oh. <laughs> I have some passwords I need to change, it sounds like. <laughs> well, anyways... Any who's in B. John, are you ready to do the intro? Here we go. Hopefully I remember this from the last episode that I definitely recorded as me, John. <coughs> all right. All right. We stalled out. We stalled out. That's okay. That's okay. That's what verses do, right? All right, you're going to have to forgive me, uh, India. I, John, uh, was driving a Versa in that intro there, and uh, it stalled out, so we're going to go ahead. The motor actually exploded. It's uh, on the ground right now. Is exploded a technical term, John? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what I tell all my mechanic buddies that I know more than. Yikes. Okay, <laughs> well, welcome to 10 Tense Podcast, where we talk tense and make little sense I'm your host, India Monroe, and this is my mirthful co-host, John Burkhardt. Hi, John. Hi, India. How are you? I am swell. How about yourself over, over in the wonderful land of Austin? Well, something has happened to where today, and only today it feels like, I can taste... Ever since this morning, my mouth has been erupting with flavors, and I'm just so excited to be talking to you to share this experience with you oh, that's, and that's the beautiful. dozen. That's Isn't that beautiful. amazing? Yes, that's so incredible. Uh, I also have some news. Um, just for today as well, um, I moved right above Kansas City um, as the crow flies. Oh my and, god. And... Um, I got a job as a mechanical engineer, so things are looking up for Aww. me. John, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, also traded in the Versa, you know. <gasps> what? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you just heard it. It exploded. Technical. So who would take that trade? You find some people who are just really into verses. I don't understand it, but they are. Oh. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we should celebrate. And what better way to celebrate than with drinks? That is correct. So, John, tell me what you're drinking tonight. I am going to go ahead and change it up. So, these past few weeks, obviously, have been uh, dipping mm-hmm. into the wine section over mm-hmm. in uh, Louisiana. But you know what goes good with wine? What? Cheese. Cheese. So I'm going to go ahead and start a new one um, on cheese comparisons. Now, what I am holding currently. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dozen. It's, it's slice of American cheese. That We've is correct. have been trying to culture, um, John, and it feels like it's all gone downhill. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Uh, this is where culture started, actually, the uh, culture on the cheese. Um, but uh, so what we have here is uh, your standard um, bulk pack cheese. It's not craft like the uh, the fancy folk like the Kanye West and the uh, Kim Kardashian and all that eat. But uh, it's it's just regular name brand. I fi- I figure it's a good spot to start. So let me let me make sure you hear all that. I'm sorry, dozen. So we're gonna go ahead and give it a taste. Mm. So there's a good cheesy taste. Mmm, very bubbly. Texture John, is bubbly a it. flavor? Yeah, yeah. Mmm. Now, you know, I've tried some good ones in my time. Uh, John Burkhart, I'm myself in the Marines. Um, you know, I got some from uh, Nepal. I got some from Afghanistan, some in uh, Canada, Antarctica. And I think this uh, bulk pack cheese is just... Uh, I'm going to give it a 15 out of 10 tens that seems to start off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you can get so, that in Nepal, amazing. Yeah, yeah uh, I actually, uh, it was my fifth trip up to Everest uh, that weekend, and uh, there's a cheese store up there, and I grabbed some, and I was like, you know what? This just doesn't feel like home. So here we are with some true American singles. Not I find though. it strange the proprietor of every cheese store you went to in these countries said, get this exact same cheese. How did that happen? You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, and uh, I don't question it. I don't question it anymore. Um, it It's also a part of free market uh, capitalism that, uh, you know, supply and demand. And if they have demand for the world's best cheese, uh, bulk cheese from wherever it may be, then that's what we end up at. But enough cheese talk now that I have my rating. What are you drinking, India, with your newly acquired taste? So I thought I would really go out of the box. Instead of a wine, I'm going to have a beer. Uh, And not just any beer. It pretty much feels like summer here in Austin. So I wanted something that just had a little bit of a pep and zest to it. Uh, This is a Zilker Brewing Company Heavenly Days Hazy IPA. Oh, wow, an IPA. You're yes. stepping up your game. I'm I'm trying to learn. I love my husband and I want to know what makes him happy. That's I've good. conquered That's good. I've conquered other rooms of the house. Now I want to conquer the beer room. Oh, perfect. Absolutely. Um 
I don't really know the technical terms for beer and how to describe them. I know, John, you have been working on how you taste wine. Um, so I'm actually just going to pull a description from one of my husband's favorite websites, Beer Advocate, that describes the beer. Um, so the taste I had can be described by this user, I'm no doctor, but... And it's only one T, John. I know what you're thinking. Oh, uh, you do know me. Yes, yes. All about the booty. Um, they say, pours a hazy, mellow, orange juice-looking body with a billowing, fluffy foam, white head that has high retention in leaves, tons of sticky lacing as it slowly settles. Oh, boy. The aroma is pungent. And lush citrus, tangerine, orange, pineapple, papaya, guava. Can you understand now why this is what I chose to taste on my day to taste? I this see. Is, it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're a wonderful wife, and you do great things for your husband. I just want to make sure I'm living up to his expectations every day. Very high expectations. Yeah, I think I do. Who knows? But this is just. It's a wonderful beer out of 10 tenths, at least an eight. I think I'm going eight. Ooh. I believe that's your first eight on a beer. Well, I haven't been able to taste in at least six months, so it's Maybe a bit of a biased opinion. Absolutely. That's okay. That's okay. We all like to taste now and then. And uh, for you, after, I believe it's been... 15 years, uh, it's good to get your taste back. I'm really excited. So now the reason all our listeners are here is to talk about camping. So we're going to talk about a Louisville company that is making retro camping trailers cool again. Now, John, I don't know if you've had a really good chance to look at this. but I'm opening it up now. It's... It's almost commendable what these people were doing. They started this company in the middle of the pandemic, understanding the changes that were going on with people wanting to visit different areas and camp. Apparently, one-fourth of North American campers said their first camping experience occurred since the start of the pandemic. I, however, I'm not part of that one-fourth yet, and I still feel really guilty about it. Ugh. India, we're going to have to get you out. Hey, um, you can come up to Kansas City, where I now live, and I have uh, plenty of bikes for some bikepacking trips. And we, we, can do some, uh, we can do some hardcore camping out there. What, what, what is bike camping? For our bike, listeners that don't know, not for me. Bikepacking is whenever you take all your camping stuff that you would normally put in a bike pack, a backpack, and walk it out but you just load up your bike with it and you get to rolling and you can go super long distances and you don't get tired like i do john oh well that sounds delightful yeah Um, i'm not in marine shape anymore like do you have a basket on the front like you're a child or do you wear it on the back of your back there are many different options. So some bikes come with fork mounts to where you'll have um, the ability to put a front rack, which is what I have on one of my bikes. And then other ones have where you can have fork mounted uh, 
cages that will hold tents, hammocks, sleeping bags, anything you need. There's seat bags, there's frame bags, there's anything you can imagine. You could probably put it on a bike. Wow, that sounds really cool, John. Yeah. Well, awesome. So I'm still trying to figure out this whole retro camping trailer thing. So I guess you could bike there and then stay in those trailers. Uh, But what's really cool and why we want to talk about these trailers is not only did they start this business during the pandemic, they also donate part of the profits to making sure the Space Foundation which creates innovative and sustainable workforce development and economic opportunity programs that enable all people to actively participate in the space economy, which I don't really know what that means yet, but it (laughs) sounds cool. It sounds like something Elon Musk probably came to Austin for, Um, but they donate to that. So inside of the trailer, it actually feels like you're in outer space. It's a space-themed interactive with, with all these features, color-changing starlights. Now imagine if you were a little kid and you were into all the STEM. It would be amazing. Can't even imagine. And you're also donating to philanthropic endeavors. Two birds, two birds John. Two birds. Oh, that does sound just incredible. Um, in my marine days when I did camping, I looked at a lot of stars. I shot a few out the sky. Um, but I have to say, as a little kid, if I would have seen more, I think I would have... I, I probably wouldn't have shot some of those that I did out of the sky and just had a little more appreciation like I do now. Um, and then maybe maybe people like you who have never been camping can uh, can have that put in their bloodline from an early age. So I'm on board with it. And then you get to donate to that. Plus you get. So I have a niece. Sorry, gang. We had some some technical difficulties there. And uh, I like to interrupt India a lot. (laughs) So now, John, you've mentioned that I've never been camping. So this brings up a pivotal moment. Anybody's camping experience. S'mores. I've had s'mores, but I've never been camping. Then you haven't had s'mores. Well, all right. So here's the question. You've you've had a chocolate marshmallow sandwich. <sighs> Am I missing out by not having had s'mores in an actual campsite? Is there a difference? Obviously so. Yes. What is yes. the difference? Um, the difference is a s'more is a memory where a chocolate marshmallow sandwich is just a high source of sugar that brings you closer to a diabetic death. Um, it's the fun and the uh, the happiness that the s'more brings to you that I can't explain fully on this podcast without you having had one before. So I did have somebody reach out to me and tell me there are different types of s'mores. And I, I don't know where to be in this debate where it's either the Hershey bar the tried and true, the perfection of a s'more, or a Reese's cup, and I don't, I don't know who oh. makes this jump. Does it overpower the marshmallow? Does everything still taste taste great together, or is it just is it too much? I'm gonna say I haven't tried the Reese's route. What? Um, obviously Hershey's. I'm pretty sure that's what that bar was made for. Was for s'mores. Um, can definitely vouch for. Um, at least one or two I've eaten in my day. 
Uh, the Reese's I have not tried, but I definitely get what you're saying. And I think it goes more along the lines of personal preference at that point. Obviously, if you have a peanut allergy, you probably would prefer the Hershey one, my guess. <laughs> more um, than likely. More than likely, yeah. Um, and if maybe if you're not that fan of a marshmallow's texture, um, aka you're a serial killer or something, um, then you'd probably prefer the overpowering taste of the Reese's. I'm going to have to say I'm going to stick with traditional, but I will taste test both and I'm going to update the dozen. So I, I'm really curious if any of our dozen are European or just somewhere not from America. If you've ever been camping, s'mores seems super American, but so is peanut butter. So if you're doing a s'mores with a Reese's cup, is it just like super weird? I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's just so many layers. I don't know what to do with that. Are marshmallows American? I feel like they're super American. I, I don't guess know. I don't know. know. I uh, I remember as a kid, I got a space kit that had the the vacuum seal, and they sent you marshmallows, too, what? to where you put Aww. the marshmallows in it, and you pump the little vacuum thing, and the marshmallow fills up the entire tube but doesn't break. That's amazing. And that was, that was probably my favorite memory as a kid, and it made me want to go to space for giant marshmallows. That's actually really cool. Did you get to do any space camp stuff, or was it just the s'mores? Oh, no, no. Um, it, Illinois actually doesn't even believe in space, so growing up there definitely hindered that. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess the Marines were the next best thing. Yeah, like I said, I took down a star or two, but they still had some space deniers there. I will tell you, I got some pants that have the constellations on them, and Houston was just so vulgar. He's like, yo, booty out of this world. Oh, Houston, he's such a dog. He's, he's just the worst. Just the worst. But anyway, you love him, and that's anyways, all there is to we're, it. We're off the rails. Let's let's get back on track. So the next thing we want to talk about is cliff camping and sleep pods. So if you guys haven't seen this, I don't know if I could do it. There is cliff camping in Estes Park, Colorado, where it's almost like you have a tent slammed in the side of a mountain, and that's where you do all your shit. It's crazy. It's, Why wouldn't you just sleep on the side of the mountain? Well, all right, so the way they marketed it is the view is amazing. You're in the air. If you like climbing, you will never get a view like this. It's $750 per person. Not a big deal. 400 feet in the air. That's less than $2 per feet. That, that's a good deal. Um, you get lunch, happy hour, dinner, breakfast. So all the meals you would need, where they lost me, though, is how do potty breaks work? Apparently, it's something with a Go Girl device and a tricky balancing app. That's just a nope, nope, nope for me. Can't <laughs> and a terrible time for the people at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, or the people climbing up to serve you. Who knows? I don't know. 
Maybe that's built that, in their that insurance. That was my question: is how do how do they get the food up there? Do they get carrier pigeons to bring it piece by piece? That would be amazing. I love carrier pigeons. Any animals, really, just amazing. Yeah, I I shot like at least fifteen carrier no, pigeons. No, yikes! Back in the Marines. No, John. Yeah. No. I ran one over with a tank too. John, why would you say that? <laughs> it was a Nazi. So so moving on, there is a similar concept of sleep pods in Cusco, Peru, which if you don't know, that's where Machu Picchu is, Cusco. If you've seen the Disney movie Emperor's New Groove. Em- yes. Best <laughs> Disney movie there is. But anyways, so instead of just tents, you actually have a pod built into the side of this mountain, 1,200 feet in the air, three suites. It is a little odd because the pods, you can see all the way through them. Um, Whoa. Mm. And in their video of the climb, the suites, and the zip lines, it's pretty clear some of those people there are there on their honeymoon. So oh, I'm boy. hoping there's not like newly marital relations it would just be super awkward. Oh, boy. But, but this is only $423 per person, and you get to zip line, and they do everything else. And I feel like if worse came to worse, and you fell, the tent in Colorado, you're done. But in Cusco, you've got these plastic tubes that you're in. If you fell, like that would probably absorb a little bit of the below. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That brings the question, would it be better to just kind of not fill anything and hit that bottom at Estes or be really, really bad hitting a few things on the way down? It it sounds like you're asking if it's better just to have it done with or you're still alive. Yes, that is what I'm asking. Yikes. Do you have one you'd rather do, the Colorado thing or Peru? I'm going to go Peru for two reasons. One, um, like you were saying, there may be uh, some honeymooners, so maybe you get uh, dinner and a show. So, hey John. <laughs> Yikes. But samesies, uh, samesies I would do Peru. Um, only, <laughs> because, only because I feel like from there you could go to Machu Picchu. But not only are you getting the same meals, you're also doing zip lining afterwards true um i still food. wouldn't want to do either of these but if i had to choose i would do, i would do the one in peru yeah yeah um i don't know 750 in estes that is closer to me so maybe i would just see about i, I don't know if i can bring 750 to just go climb a mountain and sleep on the side of a cliff whenever i could do it for free so maybe i'll just mooch off of the guide in the back like Five miles, just kind of trailing them and tracking them like I did in the Marines, and, uh, and then just sleeping just at the top by them. myself. Just, just flirt a little. You'll be all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. So the one thing you don't want to do at either of these locations is probably camping pranks. It it seems like being two to four hundred feet up is the worst time <clears throat> to do camping pranks. But if you had to. Um, we found a couple camping pranks that might be fun for some of our listeners. Oh, they're good. Have you had a chance to read through these, John? Oh, yes. Do you have a favorite that you feel like you would do? I'm going to say I've liked two of the main ones are the bear prank and the bear mule prank. 
mostly because the beer mule definitely has been done before on my behalf. Ooh, tell me about it. So the beer mule, um, for those of you dozen who go camping with camping buddies, which I highly recommend because you don't want to go out on your own, um, while they are distracted, you take your you take your beers or your wines or whatever you may have of alcoholic beverage type, and you sneak that in their bag under their clothes or other camping equipment. And so whenever they decide to start hiking and they say, oh, my bag weighs a little more, and you can just tell them, oh, that's all right. You're just a little more tired, and they just keep on hiking, and then they get a good surprise, and you have a good prank that you pulled on them. Well, you, you wouldn't do that to me, would you, John? I weigh like 100 pounds. Oh, for sure. Um, I would actually John. take all of your stuff out and just leave a towel at the top and all beer underneath. White claws. I understand there's no laws with the claws, but this isn't okay. <laughs> hey, you said it yourself. No laws when you're drinking claws or carrying claws in this case. Yikes. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that prank. Um, I found one that I feel like my husband Houston would really enjoy just because he's a dad at heart. Oh, There's one called Elk Duds. Daddy Houston. Yes. So you go with your family and you distract them while they're out doing foraging or whatever it is you do while you're camping. I don't know. I've never been. That's on the table. So... While the kids are away, you take some milk duds or some raisinets and you put them around the campsite. And when the kids come back, you go, oh, look, I think we were visited by a rabbit. And you pick them up, you smell them, and you eat them. And you you say they were here 20 minutes ago, and it just freaks out the kids. 100% something he would do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Houston would definitely do it. No doubt in my mind. He that would be like the crowning achievement of his life. I would be mortified. I couldn't tell my family it happened, and I would just be so embarrassed. So embarrassed. My question: Do you offer them to the kids to see if they try it before they know? No, John. No. I mean, if I were a little kid, I don't think I'd be above it. John, you are a little kid. No. Oh. So if anybody is looking for camp pranks, look for April Fool's Day Pranks from Kelty.com. There are some wonderful ones in there. Please, if you're the new quarter of the human population in America that is going camping since the pandemic, let's let's make this a thing, please. Get out there. Prank people. Prank Enjoy. people. It's lifetime memories. And speaking of pranks... Um, we have something that you f- shouldn't fool around with. We need, we got a call to action for you guys. Obviously, our numbers have been growing. We're in the um, yeah. near top of the dozens chart, and um, yes. we're, we're going to need to keep that going. So, um, you know, we're loving the Facebook shares and comments. You dozen are awesome. Uh, the dozen stickers have arrived. And <gasps> I this love stickers. Is not an April Fool's joke, people. So if you want one, hit us up. Pics are on Instagram. Go check them out. Order them. Put them everywhere that you possibly can. If you're a Marine, you put them in all the places like I've been. Uh, put them on a few penguins in Antarctica. I love Go penguins. to uh, the Suez Canal, Canal and put them on the boat that blocked it. 
You travel anywhere. Oh, you that's can. not that's not funny, John. John, I don't know. I think that boat. People had are its losing purpose. money. Come on, it's big money. But I mean, if the risk isn't high, do you think the joke would be as good? No, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, listeners, you find your way on that boat and you hand that captain a sticker because he deserves it. He deserves and you tell something. everybody you know yes. while you're there on the plane ride back and in your entire hometown to listen to this podcast, share it, do whatever you can to get it out there. This is all I have. That's all I have too. So do you know what that means? What's that mean, John? It's song time. Unfortunately, our versa exploded, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. But uh, let me let me go see. Um, while I was talking on this podcast, I uh, I swapped it with a uh, Nissan GTR motor. So we're gonna Ooh. see if it starts up, and uh, we're gonna get that rolling. Yes. <clears throat> oh, I got a little. Got a little purr from it. All right, all right. Let's zip it down, zip it down the street. Keep it campy. Bye. Excellent work, gentlemen. Yeah, good job. The Marine stories are my new favorite.